0: Welcome to the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five star wherever you get your podcast. Johnny Venerable, Bullbrock. The calendar has turned to April, which means it's officially draft month, Bullbrock. But the closer we get to the draft, it also means it's the month of BS. The BS is flowing <laughs> not only on NFL streets, but on Twitter streets. Yeah, and uh, I think that's where we start today's show. Albert Breer reporting, or kind of reporting, that teams are awaiting the Cardinals not to call them about a trade for Hopkins, but to just outright release the All-Pro receiver. Please help me. This is not how I wanted to spend <laughs> my day here on April third. Uh, this is my
1: message to those teams, and it comes from the movie Dodgeball. It's a bold yeah. strategy. It's a it's a bold strategy to just wait for the Arizona Cardinals to just outright release. DeAndre Hopkins from their roster in order to pick him up. Uh, it ain't happening. It just, it, that's not happening. I mean, as far as DeAndre Hopkins, he's not getting released by the Cardinals. If, uh, if, if receivers like malign receivers, embattled receivers like Randy Moss and Antonio Brown can fetch draft picks. If, if Robbie, the, 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 the artist formerly known as Robbie Anderson shows that Anderson can get two draft picks, the Arizona Cardinals couldn't get one from any team that would want to add a wide receiver one to the roster. It's absurd. It's teams just trying to negotiate this in a public forum, and it's, it's, it's being poorly done at this point. It's like they've run out of options for a team like the New England Patriots that has 11 draft picks to sit there and say, we're not going to give up a single pick for DeAndre Hopkins is just absurd to me.
0: Yeah. Enjoy sucking. Enjoy having Juju (laughs) Smith Schuster and his TikTok dances atop your receiver depth chart. Listen, we know it's a reset year for the Cardinals, (laughs) and we're just kind of taking it as it comes. The Patriots, these teams that are interested on D hop, that are awaiting, they need D hop more than the Cardinals need D hop. But it doesn't mean the Cardinals, as Bo mentioned, are going to release DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals have the I think the third or fourth most salary cap space right now in the NFL. And that's going to only balloon up. They've got some post-June 1st releases that will become official not too long after the fact. Shit, man, they could cut guys like Dennis Gardeck at the drop of a hat tomorrow. You don't cut DeAndre Hopkins to what? Free up a receiver, an undrafted kid to take a spot over the course of the summer? No, that's ridiculous. They don't need to be able to to swallow the dead money that's associated with it. I know we're going to get to that here in a second, but this whole thing, like every time... I get on Twitter and God love you guys just tagging us in these ridiculous posts. <laughs> I, I was going to say our guy dove on Twitter, but he's not our guy. He's the opposite of our guy. And he's putting it together <laughs> just Albert Breer's comments. And is like Cardinals could just outright release DeAndre Hopkins. It's not going to happen. Right. The Dallas Cowboys were cap strapped last year. They were in contention and they had to sell off. They had to sell off Amari Cooper for a fifth round pick. And they regretted it so much so that they had to go out and get Brandon cooks this off season. This is the opposite. The Cardinals don't need to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Now, did they think they were going to get more? Probably after seeing what Devontae and Tyreek Hill went for Julio Jones a couple of years ago, they had every reason to believe they could get a top, you know, two draft pick, a second round pick that hasn't happened yet. So if anything, you just adjust your expectations slightly. You don't go from, Hey, I want a second and a player to, we're just going to cut him. What the fuck is that? I don't understand how, if that's how Monty Austin Ford is operating, which I don't believe, then then we've got real bigger problems than just D hop at 30 years old.
1: I don't know if it's bill Belichick trying to pull one over a guy that used to reside in the Patriots front office for 15 years in Monty Austin Ford. And he's going there and he thought he was going to give him the old sweet deal at the car dealership. And he's playing hardball. And he's just left the dealership at this point because he, he feels like he needs the sweetheart deal from his yeah. old buddy, Monty. I mean, that, that's it's just not going to happen. Monty Austinfort Fort is a first year GM, but he's not going to just send you DeAndre Hopkins for the I mean, Bruce said they don't want to give up anything as far as draft capital. And okay, as I mentioned, bye. they've got 11 picks. Bye. You know, Las Vegas has 12 picks. You've got a couple other teams that would be in the mix for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. There were the five teams that they mentioned, the Kansas city chiefs. It's just a waiting game at this point. It's a waiting game and it's a negotiation. And I understand why it's a tough negotiation because of the variables that go against a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, because other teams, they want to get the best deal for them. So they're going to sit there and they're going to try to wait this thing out. And if Monty Austin Ford's patient as he should be, I think the Cardinals can still get a decent deal for DeAndre Hopkins, but the, You know, Breer said this a couple weeks ago on Sports Talk Radio, and we had echoed those that he that he's saying that as because of who Albert Breer's sources are and where they come from. Right. most likely in the North Atlantic of the United States, they're in Foxborough, Massachusetts. And what team's trying to drive the price down to DeAndre Hopkins? That organization, the New England Patriots. And then you have Monty Awesome Fort digging in. And what are the sources coming out of the, that are people who have Arizona sources saying about Monty Awesome Fort and crew? Is they're digging in and it's in keeping holding tight as far as their asking price. The second and change. Now, like here we have two spectrums for our non-podcast listeners. You can see me. I'm holding my hands up wide, and then we're gonna try to come closer and closer and closer until a deal gets done. You know, I like it. I like that visual. You're, you're welcome for that. It's just, it, it, it could take a while. It could be a draft day trade. It could be a post June 1st uh, trade, but, you know, or it could be, you know, do they wait until training camp? Do they wait until the start of the regular season next year where teams start to see how thin they are at wide receiver and the
0: difference between a Juju Smith-Schuster and a DeAndre Hopkins? Cards have an early pick in the third round. What is it like 68 or 65 or something like that? I mean, like, could you see a scenario in which you package that pick and DeAndre Hopkins, if somebody doesn't get the wide out that they wanted at the tail end of the first or early in the second, you take those picks and you move up, right? Could definitely see that happening. Like, draft weekend feels more and more plausible by the day. Like, I and the Aaron Rodgers thing, I don't think it's apples to oranges, but there is some legitimacy to, like, that's kind of holding up the trade market in general where teams really just can't move on because the Jets want Odell Beckham, but Beckham wants to see we got to make sure Rogers goes there right. And Baltimore put out an offer for Odell. It, it does feel like this could be like Trent Williams 2.0, where the Niners traded a couple thirds for Trent Williams to uh inevitably Washington, even though they had a better offer from Minnesota. The difference is Trent Williams, I think, had a no-trade clause and, and really kind of owned that conversation. I love DeAndre Hopkins. He doesn't get to pick his destination. Now he wants to get paid. He wants to get paid the mm-hmm. money he's owed and then some. So I I agree with Arizona Animal. I think. We're going to get to draft night. And for our show and talking points, we would love for this to have happened by now or were to happen in the coming weeks. But it does feel like we're on a collision course, Bullbrock, with, you know, X teams on the clock. Shit. Somebody just took a player that they wanted. I'm going to ship this pick, whether it's a second, whether it's a third, whatever, to the Cardinals for DeAndre Hopkins. And then suddenly, Cardinals are on the clock. Well, how did the Cardinals get on the clock? D Hopson o- officially, Kansas City Chief or whatever. Because the more and more we get closer to this draft, people are going to talk th- themselves into and out of prospects, right? And if, yeah. if you could, like the Arizona Cardinals, perfect example, what happened last year in the first round? Now, this was probably an overpay in hindsight. Cardinals wanted like three to four receivers. We were talking on this show, if you remember, <laughs> if you're a listener to this show, Johan Dotson was the Cardinals' fallback. They love Johan Dotson. They wanted to take him out of Penn State to pick 23. Dude goes in like the top 20. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Steve Keim, and I, I liked the move at the time. And I thought it showed some foresight just basically got on the phone with Baltimore and like all these receivers are gone. Let's do a deal for, for Hollywood Brown. The and wide receiver he, bubble popped It right. burst last year. It's over. Yes. <laughs> it's done. The interior off Zion uh, Johnson, all the interior offensive right. linemen were gone. So Keim had to pivot. Sure. I think we could see the same thing where it's like Quentin Johnson goes higher than people think the kid out of USC goes high. And then suddenly You're left there if you're Kansas City or one of these teams that like, oh, shit, we were going to try to get a wide out early and there's none left. There's Monty Austin Ford, who, by the way, he's playing this exactly like how he played the coaching search, where he took his time. They waited over the course. They didn't sweat it out. And they were the last team to hire a head coach. Don't hate it. Right. He
1: sees all the cards, right? He he knows what they are. He knows that he can play a winning hand. It's just going to he's going to have to be patient in order to do so let's take a look at DeAndre Hopkins contract here because that seems to be the big thing because the uh Ian Rappaport went on Pat McAfee and McAfee asked Sheet about that report from Breer and and Sheet basically said he doesn't think the Cardinals are going to release DeAndre Hopkins he he has he's a logical thinker right he's not going to be irrational at this there's a reason. <laughs> Absolutely. DeAndre Hopkins' contract, uh, both of those guys, by the way, have been, all three of those guys have been on the show, McAfee, Breer, and, and Ian Rappaport. But his base salary, hops, is uh, just under $19.5 million. As far as his cap hit, it's the largest on the team, over $30 million, almost $31 million cap hit. If they were to trade or cut DeAndre Hopkins before June 1st, they get $22.6 million in dead cap but they get 8.1 in cap savings if they do it post it kind of splits that 22 million dollar dead cap figure over 2022 and 2023 i'm sorry 2023 and 2024 but you get close to 19 and a half million dollars in cap savings in 2023 so i mean it would benefit the cardinals to wait until after the draft but you got to you got to strike in the in situation like this with DeAndre Hopkins with the variable of his age he's going to be 31 his contract, he's going to have to, you know, according to Rappaport, wherever he goes, he's going to have to adjust it, right? And, and then as far as he's played in half the games the last two seasons, his availability, and then one reporter was saying, you know, how he's his tenures in the last two spots in Houston and, and Arizona have kind of soured, which I would kind of disagree with. Yeah. Uh, but you can take that into consideration if you want. But I think there are three strikes against him or variables you have to that have going against you to where whenever this market heats up pre June 1st or post June 1st, you got to get a deal done then.
0: Yeah. And I I might be in the minority here. I like eat the money now. I don't want dead money right to 2024. Like you're not spending the money that you have. You have money available now falling that grenade now well who, that's who what i was feeling shit? that's how i felt about you know rodney hudson they had a decision to
1: make right you know <laughs> were they gonna uh cut him pre-june 1st or or post june 1st and they ended up uh you know doing it pre and because they didn't have to he failed the physical and he didn't have to they didn't have to figure that
0: out you know as far as yeah, things went just, cap wise you're taking grenades left and right like this free agent market wasn't great you're already resetting. It's a rebuild now. You're all in on draft picks. Like, eat the money. Who can't? You're not spending that money on any. No one's getting big-time contracts from here on out. Nobody's really going to get multi-year contracts. Everybody's on a singular one-year contract. Even Odell Beckham's going to sign a one-year deal. So I we've reached that point. It's not going to affect your comp picks that you get. Just eat that. Uh, I want to get to this, this question here, J- Jason, because this is a question a lot of people have been asking mm-hmm. on the Twitter streets. Because no one wants to see Hopkins not play for this team. But then you also don't want to give him away for a ham sandwich. Jason's saying, if there's no trade, how possible is it to restructure and keep him for maybe three more years? It's a great question. Uh, This franchise wants to be in the business of of playing younger, playing Mm. and paying younger players. And Hopkins, the timing of, I think, where he wants to be in his career just doesn't sync up. The Cardinals are going to have Kyler Murray. Cardinals are running a new offense, right? Now, right. Hopkins, if he was here in August and September, would obviously be a focal point of Drew Petsing's offense. But I don't think th- – I mean, they're showing you now. They are not in the business of – with where this franchise and this roster, in particular, Bo is at, extending players in their 30s. This right. is not the same team that it was two years ago.
1: Yeah, and everybody's questioning in, in the chat, including Jason. And the, there was this comment down here about Kurt Warner's comments on Arizona sports, and I don't want to misrepresent what Kurt said, and I'm just going off of what Blaine says here – This morning on Arizona Sports, Kurt Warner said they are tanking if you trade him in regards to DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't want to, like, crush uh, one of the organizations, this franchise's greatest players and Kurt Warner. But I disagree with that. I mean, we've known this all the entire offseason. This is a rebuild now losing football games and not having the best roster. That's a product of this. Right. Mm -hmm. But as far as, you know, if you move off of him, if you trade him. No, you're taking one of your your, your biggest best assets and you're trying to recoup draft capital in order to rebuild this off this, this, this entire roster. So I, I disagree with that. Like, I, I don't think that they're, they're actively saying, Hey, we want to have the worst uh, record in 2023 because w- what does that do for, I mean, they don't need to tank for a player in particular unless they want Caleb Williams or Drake may they've got their quarterback. They seem like they're content with Kyler Murray. They want to move forward with Kyler Murray as their quarterback they just need him to get healthy. He's not going to be healthy to start the season. So they're starting to gear themselves up towards the 2024 offseason. They're going to be bad, but like to say that they're tanking, what's the point to tank if you don't want to be the you, you don't need to be the worst team in the league? Also
0: they went, they won two games with Hopkins last year out of what, like nine? They went like two and seven when Hopkins was back from his injury. Remember, he missed what, eight games? He came back. They beat the New Orleans Saints and they beat the Rams. And they were terrible. And then they sat him at the end of the like, this team, I love D-Hop. They're not a D-Hop away from contending for a postseason berth, and they're going to have to win a different kind of of way, a style of football that they haven't had to do so in the past, where yeah. what we think is going to be the offense. It's going to be a run game. It's going to look very much like Cleveland. You know, we've heard so there's some San Francisco elements to that. I just – obviously, you would want DeAndre Hopkins a part of your team, Bo Brock, but just where this team is, and if you looked around, you know, the landscape of the internet – like last in a lot of power rankings, right? And so does it make sense to keep a player who's over 30 years old, who's that expensive, who theoretically could get you some draft capital back? Does it make sense to hang on to him? If the answer to team's response is "We're you just release him, then we'll take him, then you fucking keep him. And you make teams sweat it out until the trade deadline, and then you ship him out of town and get a pick. This is... I'm still of the mindset, if you don't get a top 100 pick, that's a very unfortunate way to kick off Austin Ford's era because yeah. there has not been a signature moving free agency that you can say, that's my GM. They haven't had the trade down yet, although we all anticipate that's coming and we can celebrate that. I need to see a top 100 pick for DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm sure you know they're feeling pressure. Michael Bidwell's feeling pressure. Hopkins is all over the stadium. His jersey's all over the Valley. You're just... I mean, you're really compounding what Houston did once upon a time, where they gave Hopkins away. You can't can't do the same thing. While the price tag has gone down, I mean, we cannot get into the business of talking about trading DeAndre Hopkins for a day three pick. That's just not good business.
1: No, it's it's not. It, it was just it would be kind of taking your best one of your best assets. Now, I think that the the third overall pick is something that's that's gone above that, right? That's that's your main negotiation te- you know tool as far as yeah. trying to really jumpstart this re, this rebuild but uh you know i i think they weren't i don't think they were prepared for the andre hopkins market to be this this kind of up and down this volatile they, sure. they thought hey you know we're gonna be able to get you know we're, we're gonna ask for a first we're we're gonna be content with getting a second maybe some change and we'll we'll call it a day and we'll you know both sides will be happy because we'll probably send DeAndre Hopkins where somewhere he feels like he can contend right away. Uh, But now, you know, it's, it's come down to, all right, we gotta, we gotta recoup here. We gotta figure out, you know, what direction this is going to go and what team's going to be able to give us something close to what we're looking for, because you're right. I mean, the optics optics of this, I know they're not everything, but they're important for a first year GM and a first year coach, because, you know, you've got one of the franchise greats and Kurt Warner saying, Hey, if you trade him, it's it's uh it's fully transparent that you're tanking. It's like no, they're they're rebuilding, they're cleaning up this mess, and DeAndre Hopkins just happens to be a guy where both sides would benefit from a divorce.
0: Uh, Jalen saying Johnny is the king of the Cardinals are not an insert player name away from contending. They'll never be a player away if you don't have effing good players. I DeAndre Hopkins makes everybody better, but Jalen, like, look at their defensive line right? Look at their cornerback room. They have no proven pass rushers, right? They have no interior offensive line outside of D hop. They've got a lot of questions at receiver, right? James Conner is old. They don't have Kyler Murray to begin the year. I mean, just it's, if you can get something worthy in return, you need to trade them. That's always kind of been my mindset, which is dating back to when we had Jordan Schultz on the show back in January, but I am not of the mindset just get rid of him to get rid of them. That's a joke, right? That's a joke. You, you sell tickets to safe farm stadium this weekend. You get people excited about it, about him being a part of your team, at least for another year. But don't just, you don't just give them away. That's not good business. Look uh, at C-
1: CB, CB lamb coming in the chat. I mean, breaks it down as simplest as possible. Uh, this team is in need of major roster reconstruction. So why not trade for more picks? I mean, that's what, what there was, a there was a great tweet out today. that broke down, um, you know, as far as each team's draft capital, what they have at their disposal and they ranked them, right. You know, and, and they, they kind of had them in different tiers as far as, you know, uh, just overall draft capital, total draft picks rounds, one through three picks, and then day three picks. And then you have the Houston Texans, the Panthers, and the Seahawks, the Lions, and then the Arizona Cardinals. So they're top five right now as far as draft capital goes, ratings go. Graham yeah. Barfield is the guy. You can look him up on Twitter. He tweeted this out: The Arizona Cardinals have the ability to jumpstart this thing by adding to a top five draft capital. Uh, you know, as it stands right now, they could probably yeah. get into top three and in in pretty much set up your first year GM to have success you know, a a
0: blind squirrel finding nuts in the draft with with that many picks. And then everything we're hearing with this draft, and you guys can make your own self-assessments as you go through the next four weeks, but this draft isn't top-heavy. Like, we don't have 25 to 30 guys who are bona fide blue-chip or first-round picks. But everything that we're hearing, we're being told, this draft is incredibly deep on day two and day three. Like, the Cardinals ought to be able to go find quality contributors and starters from the second round on Obviously, you want whomever that first pick is, whether it's Will Anderson Jr. or or Christian Gonzalez or whomever to be a pro bowler. But they are going to be able to fill out the meat of the roster and take a bunch of swings at quality players from hopefully good programs, good schools on day two and day three. And that would make me feel good if I'm a Cardinal fan. It's like, shit, we got six picks on day two. That should be six starters and let the chips fall where they may. And let's see a real GM operate on day three of the NFL draft where a lot of teams find a George Kittle, right? good quality players. The Cardinals essentially punted on day three of the draft under Steve Kime. So again, we're, they're not in the business. And Michael Bidwell said this yeah. uh, a couple weeks back. They're not going to fill every need this off season. but what you can do is the more picks you give, you give yourself flexibility. They could trade back into the next year. They can, they could take advantage of, And then this is what I think Monty's going to do. They're going to take advantage of desperate teams. The Cardinals have no reason to be desperate. Like the fan base knows where you're at. You don't have your quarterback. You're not giving uh, DeAndre Hopkins away. And you're not giving away pick number three. You're going to make teams bid for both of your entities. And hopefully they get desperate. We're going to talk about pick number three, Bo Brock, here in a second. But first, how great of a time was it? Bet MGM Sportsbook over the weekend Saturday. NCAA tournament, watch along. Brought my son, I had a great time, great environment. If you want to go hang out, lay some lines, grab some good food, again, it is the new home of PHNX Cardinals this coming fall, game day, every single Sunday, home and away. We're going to have a setup there. If you have not seen it out in Glendale, it is a sight to behold. And if you haven't signed up yet for BetMGM, let me tell you, use bonus code PHNX and you're going to get up to 200 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Super simple. Here's how it works. You got to download the BetMGM app, sign up using bonus code PHNX, place a pregame money line wager in the amount of at least 10 bones on any market at standard odd pricing, and you're going to get 200 in bonus bets instantly regardless of the outcome of your wager. My guy, Bull Brock, did it pregame. Unfortunately for him, FAU didn't didn't take down the dub, but he still got his two hundred in bonus That's bets. Right. And just make sure use the. Are you going to tell
1: people that I put two hundred on, on the on the on the game there? Did you? No, <laughs> did you? no, I
0: no, said no, you I did put it. It. it's
1: up you to two hundred. Thank yeah, you. yeah. But regardless, it was a it was a win win, right? I it, yeah. it would have been a win 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 if uh, if FAU could have played a little defense on the final possession. That would have been nice. But yeah, it. it it felt like I didn't even the, the stakes were very low that they lost. I, I get to watch a great game, great finish. I just didn't get to uh, have you know the thrill of victory. I got a second game on the Bet
0: MGM map, getting uh, UConn minus five and a half. That was nice. Yeah, yeah, I should have been on that with you. Listen, they can't all be winners, but my winner tonight, pick of the week, is I'm gonna go San Diego State money line on bed MGM Sportsbook plus three ten. Uh, So check that out. Check this out. Listen to our guy, Shane, talk about this disclaimer. Love to see it.
1: We also had some Four Peaks on tap. We Mr. did, Boca. yeah. They had it on tap there at the BetMGM Sportsbook out there at State Farm Stadium. They've got the Wow Wheat. They've got Kilt Lifter. And if you need a little bit more Four Peaks in your life, go check them out. 8th Street and Tempe. That's going to be the site of our NFL draft party. We're going to be hanging out there the first round the entire time. Johnny, myself, some guests that are going to join us, plus the entire PHNX Sports crew. We're going to be hanging out Drinking Four Peaks, eating great Four Peaks food, enjoying all the vibes. We're going to have the draft on TV plus other sporting events all around you. Come and join us out there, for Peaks, April 27th. Of course, it's a Thursday. That's when the first round of the draft goes down. Now it's in prime time from Kansas City. We're going to be in Tempe. Hang out with us there. Enjoy the Kilt Lifter. Enjoy, you know, the several IPAs that they have there. They've got the new uh, green tea lager, which is delicious. I had it the last Wednesday that we were out there. It was unbelievable. And it has the number one wheat beer in Arizona, the Wow Wheat. Can't go wrong there. And And you had the bourbon barrel. Uh, selection where they've got all their bourbon barrels that age their beer that they brew on location there. It's so smooth. You got to test it out for yourself. Four peaks. Got to be 21 years or older. Check out the events on their calendar fourpeakscom slash events. Got to be 21
0: years or older, but four peaks can't go wrong there. Uh, our draft party is hundred percent free and it's free because we love all of you and we want to party with you on the night of round one, April 27th, live from four peaks in Tempe, we're going to get a sign-up sheet just to get a head count out to you ASAP. Should have that this week. Bring your friends. Bring bring your family. We are uh, humbled by the uh, amount of uh, engagements, messages that people want to come party. Because this is really our kickoff for PHNX Cardinals of the new year. And we want to do it with you. And what better night than the Cardinals kicking off the new era of uh, Arizona football. And uh, speaking of kicking it off, hopefully they're going to do that, Bull Brock, with a bounty of picks. Now, you know, I'm not sure how relevant this is, given that, I mean, Monty Austin, for his first day on the job, he's likely calling the, the Tennessee Titans, talking about trading down. But there was a report this weekend, Bo, from Daniel Jeremiah, that supposedly, and he, I think he said this on radio, and forgive me, I don't know who the source was, but said that the Titans want to trade up, or they're engaged in trading up to pick three. We have been telling you guys for some time that the Cardinals had at least three suitors, and we have included Tennessee – um, in those conversations. So we talked about Vegas. Uh, we talked about another team. And then Tennessee was always that kind of that third team to watch. But they're going to have to pay the most because they're at pick 11 Bullbrock. But it makes sense. Theoretically jumping a team like Indianapolis in your own division. Tennessee feels like they're hitting a hard reset. Very similar to the Cardinals. Tanales back for how long? You know, um, Derrick Henry's probably on his last legs there. That roster needs a reset. Doesn't sound like Malik Willis did anything for him last year. I mean, what what does the Titans do for you at pick 11? Is that too far for Arizona, do you think, to
1: move No, it's right on the outside looking in, right? 11th? I mean, you might not get an interview with uh, Jalen Carter since his agent believes so strongly he's a top 10 pick. Drew Rosenhaus saying he's he's a family guy, and he's not even going to take interviews outside of the top 10 picks, which is just ridiculous. But, like, here are your serious trade up teams, right? Vegas, we know that. Sitting there at 7. You got Tennessee at 11. You got Indy at 4. And you got Seattle probably a five
0: or in Atlanta. I would include Atlanta
1: too. I think, think, yeah, I mean, Atlanta, you know, Arthur Smith and and everybody from the Falcons organization right now saying all the nice things about Desmond Ritter, us here in Arizona, we know better. Josh is our guy. Remember that? Josh is our guy. Old Cliff Kingsbury, his first uh, OTAs before the draft, Josh Rosen. He he doubled down on him and guess who wasn't the quarterback come uh, the season? Josh Rosen. He got a one-way ticket to Miami. And then a couple different organizations after that, but your serious trade-up teams: Vegas, Tennessee, Indianapolis, and probably Seattle. Let's throw in Atlanta because we know. I mean, better. you
0: said in the chat, like Detroit, like could the, they could come? Detroit, from the sure, but you know, I, th- I
1: do believe, I do believe Dan, Dan Campbell a little bit more when he said Goff is Goff is their guy, sure. and you know they're sitting there at six, and they they seem like a team that feels like they could put th- their draft capital towards the roster and, and they feel content with a guy like Goff. but yeah, crazier things have happened, but you know, Ian Rappaport, it's like, I, anytime rap sheet goes on McAfee, we just report, it's like, we're just like secondhand McAfee here. But you know, he said they're a hundred percent as far as the Titans, hundred percent taking calls and making phone calls in, in, in efforts to, you know, move up the draft board. And, uh, As far as would he be surprised if they made a move? No. So you look at the Tennessee Titans and what they have as far as draft capital, and we do this with a lot of the teams that have been tied to the Arizona Cardinals and trading up for third. We've got what Tennessee has for their 2023 NFL draft picks. Uh, Round one, obviously, 11. Let's take a look at this for our YouTube viewers here. We've got round one. We've got pick 11. Pick two, or round two, they've got 41 round 3 they have 72 round 5 147 round 6 186 and round 7 uh 228 so only 6 picks for the titans so they have to uh you know be very creative with it i'm sure it would probably involve if it's a pick up uh to move up from 11 to 3 uh it would have to absolutely just like most of these trade packages include a 2024 first round pick and then you know i don't know if it's just like 11 41 a 2024 and then you
0: look at maybe a a day three pick yeah i i look at this and i'm like i unlike vegas who we all feel like they could struggle big time and so you obviously want their future one i want tennessee's future one too like that's a non-starter like you start with that i think i i think i'd have to have like their first three picks this year. So you got to go one, two, three, one more time. Jacob, can I see that graphic? I need 11, obviously, but that's a swap. So that's basically even currency. I need 41. I need 72. And I need your 2024 first round pick. And I, I don't even know if that will suffice. I know a lot of people in the chat are saying, well, look what the Niners gave up three first to come up to three to get bus Trey Lance once upon a time. They gave up three ones. I mean, like you got to, you got to find a team to make a deal. But I would feel good about your top three picks this year, your one next year, and then maybe they kick in an, ad- an additional pick, maybe a three next year. So uh, two ones, two, tw- two ones, a two and two threes would-, would probably suffice for me because, I mean, like, Vrabel's a good coach. I could see them, you know, screwing around and winning eight games next year. <laughs> Whereas, like, Vegas is my preferred option. Uh, you know, Colts, will see because you feel like Vegas is going to be in the top 10 next year. I mean, like Tennessee, that pick, you know, I I want it, but it could be 17. It could be 20. You never know. So I I do think, listen, if you're Tennessee and you need your quarterback of the future and you're kind of in middling land with the teams that are always competitive and you know, you're never going to suck enough with Mike Vrabel. This is the time because of the relationship you have with Monty Austin for it. You have somebody that hopefully you can trust enough that was in your building. To come up and say like Cardinals give give us Anthony Richardson we need we love Anthony Richardson the player the person let's let's make a deal because there's no guarantee to my earlier point that you're going to be in a position to come up and you don't you, you don't know who's going to have the keys to the castle next year too those top two picking teams Bo Brock next year are taking those two quarterbacks you know conceivably like shit right. like we're not going to be able to do a show next year if the Cardinals are picking one or two and not talk about the fact that they could take a quarterback. Like that's a reality we'll have to live yeah. like all the other teams that are in that position. So if you're Tennessee and you're not in that driver's seat of one and two next year, assuming somebody else doesn't emerge, when are you going to have a ticket like this to come up and get a bona fide top quarterback prospect? That's why I think it makes so much sense. Plus your relationship with Austin Ford. Right. And, and then what you
1: could potentially do in, in the later stages of the career of, of Derek Henry to couple him with a dual threat guy like, uh, like a Richardson, and and what he could do with the the young receiver Burks there, and I think that it would fit what they want to try to do offensively. I mean, what is remember back in COVID times? What was Mike Vrabel's on his mask? Run the damn football, right? Yeah, uh, it, it's what they like to do. It's part of their identity. So you know, a quarterback that that can can run be dual threat, but also throw the shit out of the football like Richardson did. What does it do for the Arizona Cardinals though? I I know the haul like that that goes without saying. Like the the package of picks comes in 11 though. If we're sitting here, we jump in the DeLorean, we got into yeah, have that we're conversation in the future right here and we're on draft day, who are they taking 11th overall right now?
0: You're you're in a you're in a group of players.
1: It changes Will it ends. changes drastically, doesn't it? I mean, we're fine. We're fine. We're we're chilling. I know, as, I know you're fine. Producer, you don't have to talk me
0: back. As our producer Emma always says, we chillin'. Here's what we're doing. Okay, you would assume <laughs> don't ever say that again. <laughs> you would assume Will Anderson's gone. You would assume I would yes. have, Christian Christian Gonzalez is gone, right? Yep. I mean, Jalen Carter's not an option, right? I would assume the best tackle, whether it's Skronsky or Paris Johnson Jr., is gone. You're going to be in that next tier. You're going to look at some uh, I, I second tier defensive ends. I would say the kid out of Iowa is interesting. I would look say yes. Yep. I would take mm-hmm. a look at some of the Clemson defensive linemen. And I would say if Tyree Wilson is still sniffing around, if he's still hanging around there, listen, when four quarterbacks presumably go in the top 10 or at least three, it pushes good yeah. players down. And I also think that there's not a huge difference between like the third best player and the seventh best player in this draft, non-quarterbacks withstanding. So there's also a chance that a tight end goes high. You're, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine because if there was that singular player available, now the Cardinals would stick and pick, but there's not that player, right? I mean, we saw tweets today, people picking apart Will Anderson's tape, which like is ridiculous, but at the same time it's happening. There is no Jamar chase. There is no Panay Sewell blue chip prospects that come along that can change your franchise as a singular entity. At least I don't think so. And I think that you, you would then have your choice. Let's say Richardson goes three. So Mm -hmm. you've got a, Four through 11, that's 7 picks. I would say those guys, outside of maybe Anderson, are going to be pretty comparable to one another. You're going to be okay. Micah Parsons, once upon a time, went 11th overall. Isn't Rob Van Winkle
1: in that vanilla ice? I don't think that's a real... It's not Listen, real I don't want to take defensive cards. ends from
0: Iowa, but then I just w- watched Iowa's women's Look, basketball. When you, when you think you,
1: you, you can, if you still want, if you want a premium position, if you want an edge rusher, if you want a corner, this is the draft to do it, right? There's yeah. no guy, there's no like generational type player at those positions, but there's really solid prospects at those positions. So yeah, there are some guys as far as coming off the edge that like a Van Ness that's going to be available around there. Uh, you've got, uh, yeah, if Christian Gonzalez is gone, Devin Witherspoon's gone, Joey Porter's probably right in that ballpark range. Uh, you've got Clemson's Pro Day tomorrow. I'm already seeing Brian Brisey in the, in the chat, which is a good name. He's more interior defensive line, which might be the weakest spot on the entire roster for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, uh, or like no a Miles to... Murphy, if you want to stay on the edge, who's going to be at yeah. his Pro Day. So uh, it, it really is going to be... Be interesting to see you know and and i agree i think tyree wilson's probably ballpark so especially when you've got the the potential you've got the kid out of pittsburgh the defensive tackle who is blew people away at the combine so i i think you still have some really intriguing prospects more uh more risk as far are they going to be able to compete and make an impact you know year one but this is a longer play than that by trading down right i mean if you're going to stick and pick you take the guy that can compete you know, right away in, in a Will Anderson. Uh, but if you're trading down for more assets in a future one, you know, this is what, this, that's the type of prospect you're looking at. We should probably try to pull off this trade with Tennessee for our mock
0: draft tomorrow when we do it live again. 100%. We will make a note of that. The more I think about it, I'm like, those those top two corners, you would presume are going to be gone. Uh, I, I think you're, you're playing in the sandbox of a second-tier defensive end or a quality offensive tackle falls to you because they've been working out a lot of tackles. It feels like they are they want to be in a position to say goodbye to DJ Humphreys. Maybe you let the tackle play guard the first year, uh, assuming that they can do that. That that feels like a position where the Cardinals can can feel good about you know the draft value of taking a tackle you know eleventh overall. Whereas like off ball linebackers, Bijan Robinson, even a wide receiver, there's a tight end. You can just take all those positions and move them to the side. It's going to be an impact front seven edge rusher, defensive tackle, or an offensive lineman. Presumably, that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's the space we're living in. If you go down to to eleven, because those top two corners are gone. Soul Pancakes, we're finally going to get to your super chat. Five dollars. Thank you so much, Soul Pancakes, uh, supporter of the show. When it's Kyler, pay him all the money and defend him. When it's Isaiah, bash him to no end. How about those double standards? Uh, Kyler Murray plays quarterback. Soul Pancakes. <laughs> Isaiah Simmons plays. What can anybody tell me? Isaiah Simmons' <laughs> position? Hello, uh, and Kyler Murray uh, directly led to many, many wins for this franchise. I, I don't love the regression from Kyler last year. I, I'm going to put a lot of that on Cliff Kingsbury. You know, Isaiah Simmons is going to have a chance to to play himself into a nice contract, whether it be the, for the Cardinals or somebody else. He's got Jonathan Gannon, a very pro player linebacker, back seven kind of coach and i've been of the mindset like if if he can't work with Jonathan gannon i you know it's going to be it's going to be hard for him to stick around
1: it's th- this organization this new regime is cleaning up you know the 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 mess that the previous regime made right and they're trying to figure this out roster wise and try to get it to neutral so in the 2024 offseason they can start building this thing and hopefully with some more building blocks from this year's draft uh, but to, to like, if you're asking about his fifth year contract, why do you not just kind of sign off on it? I think it's pretty simple when you look at Isaiah Simmons and you're looking for the consistency, uh, you, you haven't received it yet. And that's not, you know, an indictment on Isaiah Simmons. Obviously he came into a situation with Vance Joseph as his, his DC and, and a GM that just drafted him on his versatility without a, a, a goal in mind of where he was going to play I think Johnny and myself, we really like Isaiah Simmons and what he his potential is, right? And what we've seen, like him stuffing Derrick Henry at the goal line or him making game-changing plays last season on, you know, a handful of game-changing plays. But you haven't seen the consistency enough where you see guys like Jerome Baker, Devondre Campbell, and Bobby Okariki making around the same money that you would have to pick up his option year for, and you're not seeing the consistent play that you get from those guys, so it's it's tough. you don't know where you're playing him. you don't know like if you'll ever get that consistency, but you want to just bet on him for one year where this organization is now filled with guys who the previous organizations that they work for, they don't invest that type of money at that position at the at the standup linebacker position. So it's not an, it's not you know we don't dislike Isaiah Sims, I just think that all signs are pointing to them not picking it up.
0: Yeah, it's a position that's not valued in today's NFL. It's just not like if it was, then teams would be draft. Like there was a somebody sent me PFF put out like the top linebacker draft in each of the last ten drafts. The Cardinals have are the only team that's done it multiple times, and a bunch of the other picks haven't worked out. And Soul Pancake says he's a linebacker safety. Cardinals have two good safeties, and you could argue, you know, are those good contracts with Jalen Thompson? We're going to find out how much Gannon and company value that contract. But th- this team has no defensive lineman. This team has no interior offensive lineman to speak of. They have no gifted, uh, proven edge rusher. So to sit here and say, but we can just kind of splurge on Simmons tweener $12.5 million fifth year option. I I'm sorry. They they signed Kazir White for pennies on the dollar, who has proven more than I say as Simmons. Zavin Collins is cheap on his rookie deal and is the more prototypical middle linebacker. I mean, that that will linebacker job is up for grabs. I don't think that they're going to splurge on a 12.5 will will linebacker they just we talked about it soul pancakes on this show many many times it's not because he snubbed us does that play a part in, in my <laughs> you know willingness to bring it up unprompted maybe but shit look at the intro he's in the intro um and I want to see players do well like I I ate a bunch of crow and I'm like I, I don't see it with Hassan Redick and then he proved everybody wrong and right. I'm like go get your money Cardinals screwed up your development they they do not deserve to keep you going and get paid and, and thankfully he did and he's been a class act the difference is like Isaiah Simmons plays a position that teams don't care about anymore. They just, they just don't like you need them on your team, just like you need running backs, but you're not giving big money to those positions. And when the Cardinals need literally everything and you've got a player that's, un- it'd be one thing if you was Roquan plug and play and you knew star, right? right? He's Fred Warner. there are too many question marks with Isaiah Simmons right now. And then he plays a devalued position. I That's just, it's not, it does not. It's like Hopkins. It just doesn't add up for this team right now. Maybe somebody else, right? And,
1: and like Monty can come in, Jonathan Gannon can come in, and they can watch as much film as they want, and they'll see the they'll see the flashes, and then they'll see the plays where like where where, where was he? Did he know where he was supposed to be? I mean, that you, you hope they didn't see the KC game. I, I mean, but that plays in the into the equation. I mean, it, it's just they don't. I don't think there's a. Unfortunately, you don't have enough data that that points to. What would Isaiah hey, Simmons without get on the open market a, right a gigantic now. leap of faith based on who he was four years ago at Clemson and, and thinking that you can be the one to unlock that? Like, I, I like the confidence, but as far as
0: a business decision, it's just not a smart one. Okay, so if Isaiah Simmons is available right now on the open market to trade for somebody has to give up a pick. What is he getting in return? That's that's tough. I mean. That, that's
1: really tough. I mean, I, I don't, you'd have a tough time to get – I think they got Kadarius Toney. He, he fetched the third-round pick from the Chiefs to the Giants. Um, So that's probably where you're at.
0: I, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins can't get a third, but Isaiah Simmons is getting a th- I, I know younger. he's younger. He's a lot younger. But I, yeah, I would say if Han shot first, a fourth is – is what i would imagine he would fetch uh soul pancakes thank you again another five dollar super chat uh linebacker safety boys he's apex in most coverage schemes kyler accounts for 51 million he's in, listen kyler kyler plays quarterback that, kyler doesn't account day. for 51 million yet he's he's 16 he's on his fifth
1: year option technically and then his his extension will kick in next year he's 16 million towards the cap
0: he play he plays quarterback and again yeah. like if you had a chance, you'd redo that contract because he got hurt. You you'd want to keep your options open. But we celebrated the extension at the time because he plays the most important position. Because when he plays, they win games, or they typically did. Um, and he came and took over a team and elevated it by himself when he was a rookie, like Isaiah Simmons. Now I I can put it on the coaching staff, and and that's I I will eat infinite amount of crow soul pancakes. If Gannon transforms him into an all pro, we're gonna have a different conversation. But I I think Kyler Murray succeeded despite coaching. Isaiah Simmons hasn't been able to do that. And I, I was a big critic of Vance Joseph and how they used him and how he stunted his growth. Maybe his career would have been different, but he's got an opportunity. He got now. roasted
1: by Kelsey, who everybody gets roasted by Kelsey, and then he got benched for two consecutive games.
0: That's not, That's like – I I that's unacceptable that for many is it, organizations. Is that a issue though? Is that an Isaiah Simmons issue? Or is that somewhere in between? I mean I think, I think it was between. I,
1: I would I would err more on the side of saying the coaching staff fumbled that one. I mean, it did they build him back up? It was a was he a nice story the rest of the season? Yeah, I thought he played really well and but I still want to see more from the eighth overall pick. I, I want to see. I want to see him unlocked. I do, and I think it's gonna. T- it's gonna come in the form of a, of a contract year for him this upcoming season.
0: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. It's a. It's gonna be an interesting dynamic uh, if they're gonna invest in him or not. But uh, somebody we're gonna invest in, and vice versa, our friends at Circle K Premium Convenience at a non premium price. We're so excited to partner with our friends at Circle K. Check out your local Circle K. Best coffee, best beer, best snack selection right after this show is over. Before tip off tonight, go and load up, stock up for the end. Can't believe I'm saying this of March Madness at Circle K. Polar Pops, iced coffee for just dollar nine. Twelve packs of beer for Peaks nine ninety nine. Red Bull, twelve ounce Monster, whatever you need at a convenient price. It's the convenience store above all. It's Circle K. Make sure you're not missing out all the great stuff they've got going on, Bo Brock, and be stocked up all March, March Madness long into spring training and out of spring training. Now we're tipping off. We're having first pitch for the MLB season. Perfect chance. Go get go get a dog. If you can't go to the ballpark and get a dog, go get a dog. at Circle K. Bring it home and watch the Diamondbacks off to a nice start. Uh, head to CircleK.com/store locator that's circlek.com slash store locator to find the nearest circle k to you
1: it's been so fun turning on the fubo tv drinking the four peaks beer that i bought at circle k hanging out on my more furniture Ooh. there's nothing better than it just go home plop down on the couch flip on the big screen and watch all the endless amount of sports you know hoops now baseball Watch some replays as far as football goes, but uh, it doesn't get any better, more comfortable than the furniture that they've got over at More Furniture. you got to check out all their selection right now, morefurniture.com. That's M-O-R furniture.com. They've got digital door busters that you're going to want to take advantage of. We've got the seats that we actually hang out here in studio here at PHNX Studios. They're so comfortable. They look so sleek, and you can have them actually in your living room yourself. You can go to morefurniture.com and find them for a digital doorbuster. You can also find out about the spring savings event that they got going on that has the white glove delivery. If you spend just under a thousand bucks, you can get that free white glove delivery where they'll deliver it to your house. They'll set it up. They'll unpackage it. They'll get it, rigged it, all the packaging that you don't want to get rid of that your wife usually just throws in the garage or throws right next to the actual uh, trash can that you have to like then break down. And it becomes a whole process. I'm not bitter about it, but happens every <laughs> week at my house. Uh, yeah. More Furniture, White Glove Delivery, it helps you get rid of all that and all those unnecessary uh, breakdown moments. And it gets your, your living room, your dining room, your kids' room, your bedroom set up and as comfortable and looking great as you want it. Check them out, morefurniture.com. That's morefurniture.com.
0: We got a mock draft on tap tomorrow, manana, in which we are going to project a trade with Tennessee – Try to keep that momentum going. I loved our mock draft last week. We got an A. No brag, but uh we did pretty well. Um <laughs> Dylan Richards is the cards team shot back open. Bo Brock, uh, we were at Bad MGM Sportsbook this weekend. It was still closed. Uh, it has since reopened with the sad news that no new jerseys yet. New draft hats, yes, no new jerseys. Nope, no new jerseys. Everybody's still uh looking at
1: the I, I guess introduction or, or bigger use of yellow in, in everything that they've been doing this off season, you know, from nameplates to uh, social media graphics. So we'll see what the incorporation or, or more of an emphasis on yellow goes, how far it goes for the Arizona Cardinals. All we have seen, as you mentioned, is the draft caps. I'm, I was going to look to see if Cardinals game day, that, uh, that Twitter account, if they have done anything things since saying it was going to be shut down. No, it's still, that's their last tweet, March 29th. They got you know, Cardinals' Twitter in a frenzy, and they haven't tweeted out since after everybody was trying to play internet saloons. But we can confirm that the Meekum auto auction did go down. It wasn't just an elaborate front for new uniforms to be <laughs>
0: put into the team shop. I'm not going to say I hate them, but I kind of hate them. Uh, somebody tagged me uh, on the team site or NFLshop.com. There's a kind of a beige shirt with the Cardinal logo. And I'm like, I don't know if I can get a breakdown to like is, is beige incorporated into the new unif- un- new uniform or is every team getting a beige shirt? It is it is going to be a uh, it's going to be a sludge as we wait. Beige, for them, huh? they, yeah, like a beige, but with a little bit of the same font they typically use, maybe with a little bit of yellow in the bird in the center. It's not a bad looking shirt, but I mean, like if they would allow us, we would go film in the team store, but that would get shut down fairly quickly. So <laughs> we, will, we, will, we we unfortunately cannot do that, but. Uh, the Denver Broncos, as the show started, they announced or they're teasing white helmets uh to go with their I presumably their throwback uniform. So everybody's getting a nice kind of mix of updated unis, but our, our precious redbirds. But we feel like, I mean, we're we're in the end game now. We're in the end game of a D hop trade. We're in the end game of new uniforms and then a potential trade down from pick number three. And we're gonna, we're gonna keep you tabs on it here at PHNX Cardinals Podcast. Get it wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star review. And again, clear out your schedule, your calendar. April 27th, four peaks in Tempe, the PHNX Cardinals draft party. Do not miss it. We want to party with all of you. Thank you guys so much. We're coming off our biggest month to date in the month of March, and we know it was because of the endless support that we get from from everybody. So go ahead and continue that support if you could. Like this video, share it around, subscribe to PHNX Sports wherever you get your podcasts. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable.